This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. I've got a story about something that happened to me a long time ago, but in hindsight, it was really dumb of me to put myself in this position, and I've always been hesitant to tell a lot of people about this. Except for my psychiatrist, that is. This happened a few years ago. It was pretty late, maybe 1.30, 2 a.m. I was living with this guy who was pretty abusive, and he had gotten really jealous at this party we were at earlier that evening. Not even an hour after we had gotten home, he tossed me out onto our front porch and locked the door behind me. I was knocking, pleading, begging for him to let me back inside. I was still wearing what I had worn to the party, and it was absolutely freezing out. Wasn't sure what to do. He had my phone, purse, and wallet in the house with him, so I just sat on the porch crying. When he turned off the lights both inside and out, I knew he wasn't going to let me back in. I felt so helpless and cold. Thought about knocking on a neighbor's door, though he didn't have many. So instead, I decided I would try to walk to this gas station and motel, which was a little less than a mile away, to see if I could use their phone to try and call a girlfriend of mine, maybe see if I could go sleep over with her. Ironically enough, the road I was walking on was Donner Pass Road, so the freezing cold was fitting. But anyway, a little bit into the walk, this tall white pickup truck was approaching on the opposite side of the road. I tried my hardest not to make eye contact with the driver, for obvious reasons. But then I heard the truck stopping and beginning to make a U-turn as my heart began to beat outside of my chest. I just about froze up, but forced myself to speed walk at the very least. The truck pulled up to me, and this guy rolled down his window, asked what I was doing out this late. I told him how I was going to meet my friend at the gas station, and that she was expecting me. He sort of smiled and offered a ride. I said, no thank you, saying that it wouldn't be wise for me to hitchhike. He told me, well good, I don't pick up hitchhikers, or anyone. You don't look like a hitchhiker though, you just look like you need some help. The truck crept along next to me, and the man told me that I shouldn't think he was a creep, as he pulled out what looked like a police badge and told me he had just gotten off duty which is why he was in civilian clothes and out so late. He said he wouldn't mind driving next to me just to make sure I get to where I was heading safely. I was naive and a bit too trusting of his kindness and convenient credentials. When he offered me a ride again, I ultimately relented, 
because I was already having trouble feeling my toes, and the gas station wasn't that far off anyway. He popped the door open for me, and I hopped in. The radio was low. It was a little messy. The ashtray was full of cigarettes. There were a lot of newspapers on the passenger floor. As I was moving my feet, some of the papers shifted, showing a pair of handcuffs, some coffee cups, water bottles, rags, among other things. He apologized, saying that it was the truck that he took hunting, but it was super warm, so I was happy and didn't mind the mess. He told me his name was John. He asked why I was scantily dressed without a jacket, and I started to tell him the story about the party and the fight I had been in with my boyfriend. He was rather charming and attentive. He even laughed that he could go back and arrest him. I asked him about his story, and he told me about his family. He was a young dad, had a wife, a daughter, son, and a dog. I told him it was like he had the perfect little family, and he laughed and said that he certainly did. And then it sort of clicked for me to ask him if I could use his phone, but he said no because he had to save his battery. We were approaching the gas station, and he drove right past it. I politely said, oh, I think that's the one, but he didn't answer. I felt sick to my stomach almost immediately. My heart continued to pound. I started getting choked up, my eyes beginning to tear as I was looking out the windows and watching the lights behind us get further and further away. It was hard for me to even speak, but somehow I murmured, asking if he could please turn around as he ignored me once again. Whenever I would look at him, he just looked empty-eyed and emotionless, totally dead and glazed. I looked back out the window and down at the road to see if maybe we were going slow enough that I could make a leap out of the car without seriously injuring myself. I remember always hearing, never go to the second location, but I thought about the possibility of jumping out and breaking an ankle and how it would be a lot harder to get away with one foot as opposed to two debating with myself that there was snow on the ground, but then again, snow is hard to get along in, especially when you're not fully clothed. I felt so dumb then, because I wasn't even tied up or anything. I was just so scared, though. Like there was nothing but trees, empty road, and us. I was crying pretty badly at this point, and asked if I could please borrow his phone again. I don't even know why I asked. He told me to stop talking. Then he started talking under his breath, saying, Girls shouldn't be out so late. You shouldn't have been alone this late. Look at what you're doing to me. Dressed like a little s As he kept saying these terrible things, I wasn't even responding. I was just crying, trying to think past the fear that I was feeling. I remember the pair of handcuffs I saw under the papers beneath my feet. So I used that little, I don't know how to describe it, like scoopy motion? I managed to use my feet to scoop the handcuffs up and use my heels and toes to push them under the bottom of my seat as far as I could. I was thinking of different things I could do to try to help myself. Like if we were close enough to some upcoming lights or structures, I could just grab the wheel and cause us to crash into them. Or maybe how if I got lucky enough for a cop to pass us, I could grab the wheel and swerve so he would appear to be drunk and we'd get pulled over. 
I guiltily thought about the possibility of this man as just having a weird night, and how if I did anything, it would hurt him. But I told myself that that sort of thinking is what got me into this mess in the first place. He pulled off road, where there were still woods on both sides of us. On his side, the wooded trees were closer to the road. On mine, there was a small gap fully covered in thick snow, before the trees that picked up maybe 10 to 15 yards away. He turned off the car, and coldly said that there was something wrong with it, and to get out with him. As he grabbed the keys and was stepping out of the car, I grabbed onto the center console, cried, and pleaded not to make me get out of the car with him, because it was still so cold. He turned around to face me, his door still open, and he shouted for me to get out of the truck, because we had to go check out the trunk bed hatch. I dug my fingernails deeper into the console, thinking my cries of no and head shaking would cause him to come around to my side of the car and drag me out himself. I was crying and said, Please, John, I'm so cold and scared. I was thinking of everything I've ever heard. Humanize yourself. Use first names. He stared at me in this way that I can't even begin to describe today. He got back in the car, and I slinked towards my window, scared that he would drag me over the console. He turned off the headlights, and everything just appeared dark blue. He stared at the steering wheel for what felt like years before lighting a cigarette and looking out his window, back at me, and then back out his window. He heard me shuffle my feet on the newspapers. I was just adjusting my legs, but while still staring out his window, he told me that if I thought about running, he had a quick way to get me where he wanted me. Oddly enough, I was sort of thinking of running minutes before that, but reasoned that if he wanted me out of the car, then I should definitely stay in. Otherwise, he would chase or shoot me, if he had the means. I'm glad I was right. I think at that point, I sort of hit some sort of bottom of my reserve, and instead of panic, there was just numbness and exhaustion. There was still an occasional hot tear or two, but I just remember being numb. It was dead quiet, but I finally, just barely audibly, told him that my friend was still waiting for me, and asked about his wife and children. He flatly said he didn't have a wife or children, and that his house was empty. I asked him what he was thinking about, and he said, I'm thinking of what to do with you. He didn't say it angrily, just sort of flat and coldly, which scared me that much more. I did start getting worked back up to a cry, and he told me not to cry, and turned the car on offering me some heat cried anyway, saying I wanted to go home. Eventually, he started driving and kept driving until we were approaching a gas station. I was gauging the right time to reach for the wheel, but before I could... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. He started to slow down. While pulling up, 
He told me not to tell anyone, or that he would find me. Then he told me all he was trying to do was teach me a lesson not to hitchhike with strangers. He was almost coming to a complete stop when he told me to get out before he changes his mind. Before he could even get another look at me to assess my understanding, I was already down out of the truck and sprinting towards the gas station. The panic was overwhelming me, but I stopped and remembered to try and see his license plate. I turned around, but only caught a blur of the last three numbers as he drove off. I ran inside and asked the clerk behind the counter to please call the police. I waited until the officer got there, and I'll be honest, I was a little scared it would be John. My fears melted away when I saw the new face policeman. I gave him the description of John, his appearance, make and model of the truck, the license plate number that I had caught, the fact that he said he was an off-duty cop, just basically anything that I could remember. I asked him if he could look at the camera, and the officer disappeared in the back for a little bit, but then came back saying that the camera didn't catch anybody. The officer gave me a ride to my friends, lecturing me for hitchhiking. I never heard anything back about the report that was made. So even though I would try to follow up, they'd never get back to me aside from this one time when I was told my case number didn't exist. Throughout the months and years, I asked my friend, whose home I slept over at that one night, if she'd ever heard of any weirdness or anything since that incident had happened, if her or anyone up there had ever experienced such things, and she'd always say no. So I sort of let it go and tried to tell myself that maybe he actually was just trying to teach me a lesson or something. I mean, I definitely never hitchhiked again, so if it was a lesson, it absolutely worked. I never heard anything back having to do with the case. Never heard of any other odd experiences up there. Maybe it was just one man trying to teach me something. But honestly, sometimes I think I tell myself all of that just to help me sleep better at night. It all felt really real. And if it wasn't real, well, I'm still glad I didn't get out of the car in the woods that night. A few years back, I was living with my aunt and uncle after moving to a new state. They had just moved into a new home and a new subdevelopment. In this area, door-to-door salesmen swarm new developments and new builds for water softeners, cleaning supplies, solar panels, generators, and vacuum people. They wander the neighborhood all day knocking on doors, but were usually gone by around 5 p.m. This particular evening, I was home alone with my dog, a mutt who was mostly black lab and an unknown mixture. He was roughly the size and weight of a full-breed Labrador, but he had a stockier build and long, wiry hair. He was a gentle, sweet baby who was upset if someone spoke harshly to him. I'd never known him to be a threatening presence to anybody. My aunt and uncle were out celebrating their anniversary. This time of year... The days were getting longer, and we would have full dark by around 8 p.m. It was like 7, 7.15, and starting to get dusky, when someone rang the doorbell and knocked on the door. The door was one of those with a thick glass oval window, and I could see the door and who was there from the kitchen. I was going to ignore them, 
but unfortunately they could see me and continued to knock. So I gave in and went to answer the door. My dog followed me, but stood off to the side in the shadows of the dining room. The person at the door was a young man, probably college age, dressed in a collared shirt, tie, and khakis. Looked a bit like a Mormon missionary with style. He was thin, probably about 5'8 or 5'9. I figured he was a salesman of some sort, but thought it odd that he was out this late in the day. I thought I'd open the door a crack, tell him I'm not interested, and then lock the door back in place. I open the door a few inches to speak through it, and he starts to spiel about Kirby vacuum cleaners, and he wants to come in to give a demo. Well, one, it's not my house. Two, I know once they get in, they aren't leaving without selling something, and I have no need for an overpriced vacuum, and I don't have a thousand dollars to spend anyway. I tell him, no thank you, I'm not interested, and begin to close the door when he puts his foot between the door and the door jam. He throws his hands up to stop the door from closing as well. This is when I think, what the f***? And then I hear a vicious growling from behind me, and then a loud, deep, as my dog lunges for the door. I grab his collar to keep him from going out the door. The guy's mouth drops open, his eyes get really wide, and he looks like he's ready to pass out or pee himself as he jumps back from the door and backs away saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, wrong house, and then turns and runs to the end of the driveway where a car with three men in it pulls up to get him, and they speed off, tires squealing. I told my aunt and uncle about it when they got home, and we told a few neighbors so they could keep an eye out for unusual behavior. It's possible they were a team of Kirby salesmen. They do travel in teams of four and follow the door knockers in the car with the vacuum. But I was suspicious because it was late in the day for them to be knocking on doors. And while it was a team of four, it was four men. They usually have a team with two or more women in the group because they're knocking on doors at a time of day when women are going to be home alone and unlikely to let strange men in. So a team of Kirby salesmen working late to meet quotas, or a team of home invaders? I don't know, but Cosmo wasn't going to take chances, and I'm very thankful for that. Good boy. This occurred around 1999, maybe 2000. My best friend and I were avid outdoor adventurers and amateur pot growers. We would frequently find secluded places in the woods that allowed for ample light and shade for plants to grow and that would not allow them to be easily found. One particular day, we went to an annex of trails located near a New Jersey State Park trail system. The trails weren't in the park, but I had hiked them before and knew that they weren't that frequented. We had gone out that day with our seeds partially sprouted in moist paper towels. We parked the car at the trailhead and began to hike in. We covered a mile or so and then ventured off the trail into the woods. We found a clearing, planted the seeds, tied a few barely visible ribbons off to mark the way to the plant spot to check on them in the future. My friend and I got back on the trail and started walking back to the car. 
when my friend noticed a man in the other direction who was just staring at us. He was probably in his early 40s, bald head, normal clothes. We didn't think anything of it for the most part, but we definitely kept looking back as anyone would when someone is behind them in the woods. We saw that he was walking 60 or so feet behind us. It seemed weird, but it was probably more so due to us having anxiety that we had just planted seeds. We picked up the pace, but the man also seemed to pick up the pace as we weren't gaining any distance. At one point, we decided to just get off the trail and to let him pass. We turned off the trail, walked into a thicket of sticker bushes, which I remember vividly getting shredded on. We got deeper into the woods and heard swearing. When we turned around, the man was coming through where we entered. It was at that moment we actually became scared. Mind you, we're two young, strong 19-year-olds, but a man following you into the woods is damn creepy whatever age you are. We made kind of a U maneuver to outflank him and came out of the woods a bit further down the trail. Once on the trail, we ran. As we were running, there was a fork in the trail. My friend went right and I left. I realized my mistake as my buddy was going down the correct path and I wasn't. So I turned around and started running back towards the fork to follow my friend. As I was running towards the direction we came from to get to the fork, I could see the man running towards me down the trail. He was a distance away, but not far enough in my eyes. Survival mode kicked in, and I ran as hard as I could. I caught up to my friend who was walking at that point. I screamed that he's after us, and we both booked it all the way back to the car. We got in the car shaking and out of breath. We quickly backed up and started to get out of the parking lot when the man appeared at the trailhead. He stopped there and just stared at us as we drove away. Two decades later, I find myself still wondering what that was all about. Did he want to kill a couple of 19-year-olds? Was he also doing something illegal in those woods and wanted us gone? My buddy and I still laugh and talk about that day 23 years ago, albeit through the lens of surviving. So of course it's worth a laugh now.